Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. When discussing Pittsburgh and the murder of 11 people, it's important that we don't take any moment on any level to forget that we're talking about the lives of people. We've got families. There is pain. There is anguish. There is disgust. It exists for those families. It exists in Pittsburgh. It exists in Pennsylvania. It exists the nation over. We sometimes get wrapped up in our politics of it. It cannot be forgotten that these are people and these are lives. Lives that didn't deserve to be lost. It's important to remember that what we're looking at here, no one deserved to die. No one deserved to be shot and killed. No one deserved to wait to see whether or not they were going to be shot next. As reports came out, 20 minutes this went on. 20 minutes. Now, some of that might have been, you know, the, uh, you know they're, they're considering some other timelines. I think that sometimes numbers change. What we know is that a guy who hates Jews and a guy who we'll find out has got a history of some mental this, that, or, or whatever, but he's got, he hates Jews. Let's talk about what, what moves him. Anti-Semitism is real. Let's not kid ourselves. People hate Jews because they're Jews. People hate black people because they're black. Not every person, not every person I've met is an anti-Semite. Some are. Not every person I've ever met hates black people. I wouldn't actually know because I never asked the question, hey, by the way, what do you think of black people? It never came up. By the way, I also uh, never said, hey, what do you think of Jews? That never came up. I learned from what they wrote or what they said or what they did. And I said, well, I guess I'm done here. There are people like that in the world. And so we have the murder of this eleven. We're going to find out more about this, this murderer. We're going to find out his history. We're going to find out his, his, his past. We're going to find out what it is that law enforcement did with him, didn't do with him, what they connected on, didn't connect on, what they missed. What We're going to find all sorts of stories on every level. I'll wait for those to come out. But instead, I wanted to get into two very important subjects. First, Tony Katz. 833-GOT-TONY is the number, 833-468-8669. Of course, you can catch the show as we stream live on Facebook, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. You can be a part of of the show there. Uh, Two uh, very important things. Uh, First, into some of the reaction uh, that we have uh, seen and we have heard. And very much of the reaction is... Oh, oh, 11 people are dead in, in Pittsburgh? Uh, oh, it was, a, it was an anti-Semite who uh, thought Trump was being controlled by the Jews. That's the reporting. Uh, oh, oh, that, that, that's Trump's fault. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, what? Oh, yeah, it's Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. You see, the problem here is that uh, conservative Jews, uh, they've, uh, they, they, they've normalized Donald Trump and his anti-Semitic rhetoric. Well, what anti-Semitic rhetoric? You know, he called those people in, in Charlottesville very fine 
people. No, no, he was trying to engage a conversation of some people within all these crowds may have been okay. He didn't know who they were. He wasn't saying that neo-Nazis are very fine people. Oh, sure. Oh, you just say that, Tony. Uh, listen, I won't tell you he didn't say it wrong. I won't tell you that he he didn't, you know, screw up the the the, the moment. But I, I don't think that you've got it there. Tony, it's clear that he hates Jews. What about his son-in-law and his daughter? Tony, you don't you don't really think they're Jewish, Jewish, do you? No, 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 no. The the president hates uh, the Jews, and because conservatives like you who have normalized him, you know, uh, you you you're responsible for what's happening. Well, what do you mean normalize him? Well, you know, uh, the president he moved the embassy. He moved the the embassy, and uh, well, well, clearly, you know, I hope it was worth it. You know, I hope it was uh, worth that that you supported this president. Look what he did now. Do you mean that in Israel he moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem because Jerusalem's actually the capital of Israel, like like any rational person knows, and therefore um, uh, that and being supportive of that led to him getting some guy to uh, to open fire on on a synagogue. Well, yeah, okay. The story I just shared with you is actually going on right now uh, in social media circles and others. And not from uh, just any old uh, people. Um, you've got uh, Julie, I think her she goes by Eoff, I-O-F-F-E. I may not be pronouncing it right. Uh, she's a correspondent for GQ magazine with 200,000 followers. 200,000 followers. This is her conversation piece. You've got The Atlantic, Frank Foer, writing at The Atlantic, a prayer for Squirrel Hill, that's the area where uh, the synagogue was in, in Pittsburgh, and for American Jewry. How does he end his piece? Of course, uh, this was uh, not every corner of the Jewish community. He's talking about people who are disgusted by President Trump. After the violence in Charlottesville, Gary Cohn couldn't bring himself to resign from his job. After Squirrel Hill, Jared Kushner and Sheldon Adelson will likely stand their ground. Oh, my. In response to this massacre, every synagogue will protect itself with great security, with more cameras and more guards. They will do what is necessary to create a sense of safety, which will also invariably inhibit the sense of escaping from the secular world. The gunman committed a crime on Shabbat, and it will reverberate as a crime against Shabbat. Any strategy, writes Franklin, for enhancing the security of American Jewry should involve shunning Trump's Jewish enablers. Their money should be refused. Their presence in synagogues not welcome. They have placed their community in danger. <laughs> Shunned by the Jewish community. Franklin. Franklin, you. You schmuck. I've already been shunned. I've already run into the Jews where I live. Because I'm a pretty loud voice and a conservative voice and a Jewish voice. I've already been shunned, Franklin. I've already been to the places where I'm not welcome. I've already seen the looks that I'm not wanted. I've already heard the sermons. I've already read the speeches. I've already read the articles and the text. I've already seen that conservative Jews are not wanted, Franklin. So I did what I do. I don't go where I'm not wanted. I go where I am wanted, but I don't stop being me for a damn second.
Franklin thinks I should stop somehow identifying with my religion because he thinks I've enabled Trump to allow the murder of 11 people. Are you starting to get a clue as to how unbelievably deluded we all are? I don't want bars on the windows or the doors of a synagogue. You know what I called for? I called for people to be armed. Tony, see, you're, you're just adding to it. No, I am not. I do not claim that everyone uh, must carry a firearm. I propose no law. But it really is time that Jews stop kidding themselves and stop lying to themselves. And it is far past time that Jews stop allowing their far too often indoctrinated political leanings to cloud their realities. You want to talk about clouding reality? Let's talk about clouding reality. In response to the shooting in Pittsburgh, Congressman Andre Carson, who's a Democrat from right here in Indianapolis, said, I am deeply saddened by today's horrific attack at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. I stand in solidarity with the congregation, the family and friends of those affected, the people of Pittsburgh, and the entire Jewish community during this very difficult time. He says, in this country defined by our religious freedom, this level of hatred and intolerance against peaceful worshipers is an affront to all of us. Andre Carson refuses to condemn Louis Farrakhan. Louis Farrakhan, just the other day, compared Jews to termites. With all due respect, Congressman Carson, don't tell me you stand in solidarity with anybody. I know political crap when I hear it. So does everybody else. You see, if I'm going to be told that I am guilty for saying, you know what, I'm glad the embassy is now in Jerusalem and not Tel Aviv, if only because Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, and finally rational people with rational minds who see reality for what it is are speaking up and doing something about it, then I am not about to sit by and allow you to think that somehow you have some solidarity with Jews when you stand behind Louis Farrakhan and don't condemn him for comparing the children to termites. There's no word from uh, Franklin Foer at the Atlantic on that. There's no word from the girl from uh, Julia Ihoff. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. Ihoff, what should I say, woman? Uh, whichever. I don't know how old she is. Uh, over there, GQ. Uh, There's no word from them on anything having to do with Andre Carson or Louis Farrakhan. No word from them on people like Linda Sarsour and the Women's March. No, I got nothing. What do I have? I have Trump is guilty. And the other one is uh, they, they attacked the firearm. You know, the problem is the guns. The problem wasn't the anti-Semitism. No, the problem's the gun. The problem wasn't the hate. The problem's the gun. The problem isn't the underpinnings of what would make someone do this. The problem's the gun. Look how easy they make it. They got everyone to blame. They got everything to blame. They got it all lined up perfectly. God forbid they should actually take some time to take a look at a situation. But that's not what it's about. Pittsburgh and the horror aren't about Pittsburgh and the horror. It's about how can it be used to move the agenda forward. I wrote that people should be armed. 
that they should be aware and able to defend themselves, that I can make no law telling them to defend themselves, but they should stop sticking their head in the sand that somehow this is going to go away or foolishly thinking that this is Trump's fault. Anti-Semitism exists and it is real, and it has been real my entire life. It existed in the 40s. It existed in the late 80s when some scumbags chemically burned swastikas into my lawn in Middletown, New Jersey, and it's alive and it's kicking today. And you want to tell me that I'm the problem? I'm the one looking at reality. I now have synagogues being shot up. We've seen churches shot up. Places of worship are soft targets. I believe we should be prepared. What's so wrong about that? so crazed about that that's what i'm learning no i'm sorry not learning that's what i knew to be fact before pittsburgh happened because pittsburgh is my nightmare scenario come true something i've been talking about on air for years that synagogues are soft targets and they aren't prepared and they aren't safe discussing it for years on the, hello microphone on this very show On my other shows. So they want to blame Trump. They want to blame the firearm. I blame the murderer. But if you show up to your place of worship not prepared to defend yourself or the ones you love, yes. If it comes to you and it comes to your church and it comes to your synagogue and you're not prepared, don't be surprised if I blame you. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz. 833-GOT-TONY is the number. 833-468-8669. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, he's he's the gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on uh, giving. Uh, they were having a conversation with him. You know, he's raised a lot of money. Uh, has the Democrat in Texas a tremendous uh, amount of money. Um, and he is uh, saying, you know, when people ask, hey, listen, uh, we're, we're taking a look at the polling numbers. Right, right, yeah, right. You don't believe every poll, right? You're just like Tony Katz. You don't believe... Every poll. Okay, we we un- we understand that. We get that better, O'Rourke. But let's let's just take a look. Let's just take a look at some averages. You know, for fun, for the things and the giggles. Let's just let's just we'll take a look. We'll take a look. It's all right. It's all right. It's 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 pretty cool. We're 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 fine with it. Uh, okay, Senate races, Texas. Yeah, you're running for senator in Texas there, uh, Beto O'Rourke. Um, Cruz up seven. Um. Yeah, uh, Ted Cruz has cracked 50%, and you're at, at 50, almost 51%. You're at 44%. Um, that's that's not where you want to be, uh, Mr. O'Rourke. He refuses to concede that he's down in the polls. He's pulling a Trump. He's pulling a, a Trump. When he was asked, closing in on the final days, polls have you uh, down. How do you make uh, How do you make that up now? And he goes, I don't know. I wouldn't concede that we're down. I think a lot of people we're seeing and visiting and showing up for are not reflected in anyone's polls. Folks who don't typically vote in midterm elections but will vote in this one. Students who registered to vote for the first time. People who dropped out for 20 years and are back in because everything's on the line. 
I feel really good about our chances. I don't expect him to say anything else. I don't expect him to say anything else at all, right? But it's okay. Hey, listen, yeah, those polls say we're down. Here's what I think. He won't even admit that the po- that that the polling that's there says he's down. I thought that was very Trumpian, by the way, very Trump esque. Um, this is a, a another sign that things are getting strange. So, the state of Indiana, my beloved Indiana, the Senate race here is very, very close, right? If you take a look at 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 the polling and so, and some new polls have come out. Um, the there's the Indy Politics Mason Strategy uh, poll that had 600 likely voters that had brought up four, and then you've got the CBS News YouGov poll that just came out 975 likely voters, margin of error of 3.7 percent. So I'm willing to buy into this poll. Shows brought up three, so still within the margin of error, right? That's that's uh, where it is. If you look at the average, uh, Braun, the Republican, is ahead a half a point of the incumbent Joe Donnelly. I believe the race is that close, and I do believe that the Republican, Mike Braun, has the slightest uh, edge there. The Libertarian, Lucy Brenton, has five, and I think that's right. I think that is right. But I got a call earlier that said, hey, Tony, have you seen these new mailers from the Indiana Democrat Party? I'm like, what new mailers from the Indiana Democratic Party? Well, the mailer reads, Lucy Brenton is the anti-tax candidate. Big Block, black lettering. There's a picture of Lucy Brenton, the libertarian, who's lovely, by the way. She is. And a picture of Mike Braun. And Lucy Brenton's looking her best. And she's got the, the smile on. And, and it's like, oh, this this is this is the before glamour shot right there. You know, this is be before I put on the, you know, the, the fancy costume. And Mike Braun looks like he just saw a ghost. Like he's just got this terrible expression on his face. And it's Lucy Brenton in one box and Mike Braun in the other box. It says Lucy Brenton is an anti-tax conservative. And Mike Braun raised Indiana taxes 159 times. And it's got all the reasons you should vote uh, for Lucy Brenton, all the reasons why you shouldn't vote for Mike Braun. And then you turn it over and it says, paid for by the Indiana Democratic Party. Oh, my. This race is so close in Indiana, that Democrats want Republicans to feel confused and vote for Breton so it pulls away enough votes to to uh, let Donnelly win. The Indiana Democratic Party. Ah, oh, it's so cheap. That is so unbelievably cheap. But I, I understand these people very well. Uh, there is uh, no one anywhere more desperate than the Indiana Democratic Party and their chairman, a guy by the name of John Zodi. Right, so picture picture what's happened to John Zodi over the last couple of years. 2016, all right, this is a state that went for Bernie Sanders, not even Hillary Clinton, right? And I don't know if he was, I don't know, maybe he's a superdelegate. I don't know if he's one of these guys who went for Hillary and bought into the whole canard or just was part of the whole, uh, the whole gaming of the system to screw Bernie, even though the people of Indiana, the Democrats wanted Bernie, whatever the case may be there. Right, so so now he's got to deal with Hillary, and he's and uh, he's got to get Hillary to to win. In the same time, he's got a Senate race, and uh, they they put Evan Bayh in the race. Now Evan Bayh is is you know is legend in Indiana, former senator, former governor. Uh, he, he's not. I, I don't know the man personally. I'm looking forward to to meeting him and and, and talking to him about uh, a lot of his takes on politics because he's got a got a history. 
right? But they ran him because they thought this was this was the name of names. His father, Birchbaugh, you're talking about the guy who wrote the 25th Amendment. You know, this is a name. Going up against Todd Young, the the, the former Marine, um, uh, you know, and, 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 uh, and congressman. Then they've got the governor's race. They thought they were going to run against Pence. Pence gets tapped. So the guy that they're running was a guy by the name of John Gregg, the Democrat, who had been running basically for five years. He lost to Pence in 2012. He's running again in 2016. The guy's been campaigning nonstop for five years. The Republicans put in Eric Holcomb. Nice guy. I think he's been a, a, a fair governor. And he literally got into this campaign with like three weeks left. Like it was nothing. And then 2016 comes. And Todd Young beats Evan Bayh. And Eric Holcomb beats John Gregg, who had been running for governor for five years. And then, of course, there's Trump. John Zodi, the chairman of the Indiana Democratic Party, got shellacked. He just got the snot kicked out of him. And so now here he is in 2018, desperate for a win He's, they didn't get rid of him in 2016. I said you should get rid of him, get somebody who knows how to win. And they're like, nope, he's your guy. All right, all right, enjoy that. So now here they are. He's the incumbent Democrat. They had this whole conversation about how he's a moderate, and he's going to be able to attract people from all sides. And here we are less than like a, like a, like a week away from the election, and he hasn't pulled away enough as the incumbent to be able to feel secure. So now the party has to send out mailers to try and lie and confuse voters so people will vote for the Libertarian, not the Republican, so the Democrat can get enough votes to win. Oh, my gosh. That's... That's something. But we should be clear that Indiana is serious. President Trump will be here to rally in Fort Wayne, Indiana, the day before Election Day. This is his final stop. That tells you a lot about how important this race is. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz. 833 got Tony 833-468-8669. No, 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 no. I got to fix this. <laughs> oh, I'll take care of that right now. Um, There's a guy who took his son and they dressed up as Hitler for Halloween. I don't know what else I'm supposed to do with the story there. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with the story there, except this is what happened. Daily Mail with the story, because Daily Mail always has the crazy stories. A dad dressed up his five-year-old son as Hitler. Why in the world would you do such a thing? What what were you thinking? And tell me in what corner of the world you live where you were like, oh, I, I didn't know this was a, a, a bad thing. He's a father from Kentucky. Well, wait a second. You see, that's what people want you to believe. Oh, Kentucky. 
you know? So uh, uh, his name is Bryant Goldbach. He says he regrets dressing his five-year-old son as Hitler while he was pictured wearing a Waffen-SS uniform. Nobody throughout the year. What always amazes me about these kinds of, of stories is, is that how, how does it get down the, 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 the line? How does it get down the line that no one uh, says, hey, this is a bad idea? First, you're like, hey, I've got a great idea. My son and I will dress up like Hitler. And no one says, hey, uh, don't do that. And then they go and they find Hitler costumes, which they're wearing. I mean, they had to go buy Hitler costumes. They literally walked. Did they walk around the mall like this? It was the Trail of Treats. And no one said as he got into the car in his full uniform, hey, that's a bad idea. Don't go dressed as Hitler. Oh, oh, definitely don't dress your five-year-old as Hitler. There, there is no possible way to understand the, the, um, the, uh, you know, uh, the, the madness, the foolhardiness. You see, when this guy gets derision, well, yeah, of course. Of course not. Of course you're going to, to, to get derision. You dressed up like Hitler. I am stunned that somehow we were able to get to this place and that he was able to. Nobody along the line said, this is a terrible idea. No one said to him, uh, hey, uh, listen, uh, was it Brian is his name? Hey, Brian, Bryant, Bryant with a T, like Bryant's Gumble. Hey, Brian, listen, um, uh, I, I don't want to tell you how to live, man, um, but you look like a schmuck. Maybe you should stop doing this. Maybe you should stop with this whole nonsense. One of the guys who shouldn't stop is Kanye. Kanye is doing some work. Doing some work. So you, you know that they think Kanye is crazy, right? And, and by the way, for the record, just so we're all clear, Kanye West may be crazy. It's totally possible that Kanye West is criminally and clinically insane. Or he's just really good at promotion. Well, he had, of course, the, the the lunch there with President Trump, and everyone made a big deal of it. And then uh, it was Don Lemon who uh, basically said he was uh, performing in a minstrel show. You know, uh, not racist at all. And so he is now designed, I guess Candace Owens is creating a, trying to create a movement of black people leaving the Democratic Party. So this is different than Brandon Straka, the walk-away guy. By the way, walk-away Got like 5,000 people at that rally that they had this weekend. I have been very wary of, of Brandon Strzok and walk away. Uh, and, and the only reason I have is because I've seen what happens when people glom on to, in conservatism to the big shiny object or to the next shiny thing, right? And they're like, oh, you see this guy? You see this kid? See this person? They said something conservative. They're amazing. Put them on stage. And then they, and then they collapse. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be around that. You you want you want to to earn respect. You want to be able to show that you're serious, right? 
So so go out there and and do so. And show that and show that you're serious. That comes over time. Right? And 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 being able to put forth a theory and and, and a philosophy. Being able to back it up, being able to engage. How do you learn from things when things don't go right, etc.? So I waited my time. 5,000 people showed up. There seems to be some legs here. Good on him. Good on him. I'm going to say the same thing about Candace Owen. She's the one from Turning Point USA. You see her a lot on Fox. I'm, I've am i seen things from her that I'm like, okay, that's very good. And I've read things from her like on Twitter where I'm like, this girl's ridiculous. So I'm, I'm, I'm mixed, I guess, on her. But she's got this thing going with, with Kanye. Kanye designed these shirts, Blexit. Black Exit. You know, Brexit. British, Blexit. This is serious stuff. This is getting quite interesting. What happens when um, when you you have a political party that is solely based, uh, not solely, mostly based, much better, on identity politics, and you take away one of those identities? You take away their ability to engage that. And a, a group of people, a voting base, a voting block that they have taken for granted for generations. What happens when you take that away? What happens when you when you rip that apart? When just a, a small percentage, 10%, 10%, flexits. Walks away. What election do you ever win again? And there's a, there's a, you want to talk about some like hard nosed kind of political conversation? Watch this one. I don't know if you've ever gone through this math or, or not. If you are black in America, and, I, and, and for the record, I'm not black. I'm just, I wanted you to know. Um, and, but I, I, follow me here and uh, agree or disagree. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. That's the number. If you're black in America and the Democratic Party has told you, we're going to do this for you, we're going to do that for you, we're going to do the other for you, you need to vote for us, you have to vote for us, you can't trust those people, those other people are racist, you can't vote the Republicans, you got to vote for us, you got to trust us, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. You've heard this your whole life. And then when you're actually relying on the Democratic Party to do something for you, they all of a sudden say, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but these, these Latinos now get our attention because that, 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 that's better for us. So we take your, you for granted, but we ain't doing anything for you. We're going to put all our attention uh, to these uh, Latinos. And, and black Americans say, whoa, 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 whoa. I was, I, I was born here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I'm, I, my whole life is here. All right, agreed. My, my great-grandfather didn't come over here of his, of his own volition. But I'm here, my great-great-grandfather, maybe, I should say. You mean someone who's here, literally, who's, who demanded entry? Uh, they, 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 get, they, they get your attention, not us? I'm wondering if the Democratic Party has ever been asked or they've ever uh, uh, thought to themselves, man, we really did lie to these people, and maybe one day they're going to say, Holy cow, we've been lied to. I'm pissed. <laughs> I, I don't think I want to be lied to anymore. I, I'm, I'm wondering if we're finally, 
finally at this moment, and by the way, this conversation, that's a conversation that's happened in my family a million times. That if if you are black in America, okay, it's like the whole conversation with, with uh, police shootings. No, there is not a uh, epidemic of young black men being shot. But there are black men who get shot. And no matter what you think of some of those shootings, some justified, some not, and that's very often the case. If you are a mom and you're black and you're watching the news, you are seeing your own son in a much different light than if you're not black. Because this is what they're seeing too. And you are indeed preparing them for a world where this can happen. Now, I will tell you that growing up the way I did, my father was telling me to be aware of the police and be wary of the police and don't trust the police. Those conversations actually did happen. Uh, Some of it stuck with me, some of it not so much. Right? But just in terms of how you speak to police officers and make sure you come home alive. Make sure you come home alive got said in my house growing up many times. I would have to assume that in a, a black household, a black mother is having an even more intense conversation with her black son. Not because the nation is racist and not because there's an epidemic of police shootings, but because look at the news and uh, the reaction uh, th- therefore. I, don't, I never denied that. And I think that it's that sometimes we get so wrapped up in the first part of it, right? The idea of, of the shooting and, and the police and what they do wrong and why are they running. We, we, we lose where they're the, the, how it fl- kind of flows through. And we shouldn't. That There's a real thing that's happening in response. A real thing. It's, it's, it's important to note. I think, I wonder if the same thing is true about um, being used by, by the Democratic Party. A, a, you're lied to daily, generationally. And, and, uh, then when, uh, you're like, whoa, 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 where, where are the results? The party says, no, 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 you just vote for us. You can't vote for those racists. We're going to give our time and attention and money to this group over here. You were born in America, raised in America, but we're going to give our attention to this group over here. I'm not saying that this group is necessarily bad people. I'm saying you, born in the United States, we told you we would do this, that, and the other for you. We'll get around to that. But first, we have to help these people over here. What's the conversation that takes place in their household? I'm willing to bet all the money. It's, it's, it's a West Wing line. I'm willing to bet all the money in my pocket against all the money in your pocket that the conversation in that house is different than the conversation in 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 a, in a white house or in an asian house i'm willing to bet that it's a different conversation and i am hoping beyond hope that conversation is screw this let's flex it i'm tony katz Five thousand. 
This just in hotair.com reporting. Um, we had heard numbers that the president uh, and uh, Secretary Mattis were going to deploy 800 troops to the border to deal with the caravan. 5,000. The U.S. military plans to deploy 5,000 troops to the southwest U.S. border in anticipation of a caravan of would-be asylum seekers and migrants moving forward. A major increase from the estimates of 800 troops would represent a military force equal to about one-third the number of custom officials currently working on the border. Military sent 2,000 National Guard troops to the area earlier this year. This is not a this is not a symbolic gesture, kids. <laughs> this is um wow. This is something else. Uh the president also uh tweeted out uh if 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 you didn't know, may, may, maybe you you don't know. President Trump loves uh to to tweet. Oh, he's cuckoo crazy about it. Hello. Hey sir. Many gang members and some very bad people are mixed into the caravan heading to our southern border. Please go back. You will not be admitted into the United States unless you go through the legal process. This is an invasion of our country, and our military is waiting for you! Exclamation point. Because that's how you that's how you gotta do it right. That's that's how you gotta do it uh, right. Uh, the president also um, taking uh, to to Twitter. Did I mention that he tweets? Hello. Hey, sir. How are you? Hello. I just like doing this. Hello. That's good. That's good right there. Uh, there is a great anger in our country caused in part by inaccurate and even fraudulent reporting of the news. The fake news media, the true enemy of the people, must stop the open and obvious hostility and report the news accurately and fairly. That will do much to put out the flame. Hold on. I, I think Ari's going to slowly implode uh, right here. I want to share with you something in this that you're now going to hear as the talking point in this conversation. Maybe you missed it. The fake news media, the true enemy of the people, must stop the open and obvious hostility and report the news accurately and fairly. He is now saying the fake news media is the true enemy of the people, not that the media is the enemy of the people. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, don't don't just shake your head and roll your eyes at me, uh, producer Ari. I'm telling you how it is he's going to now uh, phrase this and move into this. Um. I I have to tell you that th- this part of it really does not get me going on any level. Um, I, I I don't. As 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 a matter of fact, I think for a lot of people, it's it they're thrilled that he's not backing down. I think what's interesting is that CNN refuses to back down. See CNN right. So the original play would be that CNN says something. The president says, "How dare you?" CNN does a pylon ten times more, and then uh, the the Politico uh, kind of walks away from it because after all, how do you compete with the with the media? And you got to have a relationship with the media. Where I'm from. Trump does not believe in any of those kinds of of things. Doesn't believe in backing down, even when it helps him. Please don't think that everything that Trump does is. Is is perfect and 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 kissed, uh, you know, uh, by by the Lord on his forehead. Just oh, mwah. you're doing good, Donnie. You're not out of your element at all. Uh, I I think that that you know he just it, it, there are times where he would do best by taking another route. He doesn't do that. Um, I think that there is a truth, of course, 
uh, to the failures of media, something we've talked about for, for years now, going against journalistic integrity. There is something to the, to the name-calling that the president engages and gets into. The key here is recognizing that the, the president calling Stormy Daniels horseface does not lead to the anti-Semite. And can I just be one more thing, if, if I may? Tom Steyer, who's the billionaire who wants to impeach Trump, is a jerk. George Soros, the billionaire who wants to buy elections and win Secretary of State races in states all across the country and uh, supports progressive causes, is a jerk. I dare you to call me an anti-Semite. I dare you to even try. Come, uh, Come to me, my people. Try that crap. You can't say that they're that that uh, they're bad people because they happen to be Jewish. They're bad people. I've met bad Jews. I've met bad white people. I've met bad Christians. I've met bad, met bad black people. I've met bad Asians. I've met them all. I've met good ones as well. My goodness. My mother? Good Jew. Tom Steyer? Meh. Tomorrow, everyone. <laughs>